Well, US inflation is now at the lowest level since December 21, and markets seem happy about that. Oil prices have bounced back, so have equities. Bond yields have dropped. But is it too early to party? Well, maybe it is in Australia, where the NAB business survey yesterday showed a widening gap between business conditions, which seem okay, and business optimism, which is on the slide. We'll look at all of that and more this Wednesday morning, the 14th of December 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, big moves in bond yields after the U.S. inflation data. A 10 basis point drop in 10-year treasuries down to 3.51%. A sharp fall in two-year yields down 25 basis points very quickly, but gaining about eight of those back. Quite a fall in the U.S. dollar. It's down 1% on the DXY, a 1.6% rise in the Aussie dollar up to 68.6 US cents. The pound is up 0.8%. The euro is up about 0.9%. A 1.6% drop in the Japanese yen. And equities are up. The Dow is up 0.3% at close. The S&P 500 is up 0.7%. The Nasdaq has gained 1%. Uh, the VIX is down a fair bit as well. Bigger rises in Europe. The Eurostox 50 has climbed 1.7%. The DAX up 1.3%. And the FTSE 100 has gained about 0.8%. The Hang Seng rose 0.7% yesterday with the easy of restrictions on overseas travellers in Hong Kong and oil jumping right back up again. WTI is up uh, just over 3%, Brent up 3.4%, almost at $81 now. Uh, you don't need to really know the US CPI numbers to guess from all those market moves which direction it was heading in. Uh, here's NAB's Taylor Nugent. So we saw yields down, the dollar weaker, equities happier. Obviously, CPI was lower than anticipated, and it was. If you look at the numbers, the core rate month on month for November down to 0.2%, the annual core rate 6% from 6.3% in October. Again, uh, quite a bit below expectations. So, uh, Taylor, happy days. Yeah, that's right. Good good morning, Phil. So, yeah, that, that US CPI number, obviously, the, the main event um, overnight and came in lower than expected. So, the second consecutive positive surprise there and kind of further feeding that that disinflation narrative that, that we are seeing good news on inflation and it's not just showing up in those leading indicators on the good side in business surveys. It is actually coming through in the in the consumer data as well, feeding further into that optimistic picture. Um, in terms of the, the detail, as you mentioned, the call came in at, at 0.2, so one-tenth below expectations for um, 0.3%. Um, used cars were a big contributor to that, falling 2.9% in the month and, and a bit more than um, the lead-in from auction um, prices suggested. Um, and that helped core goods inflation to, to negative 0.5% in the month. So used cars really kind of leading that goods deflation story there. Um, and in terms of the... Um, the headline coming in point um, two tenths below expectations at at point one percent versus uh point three point three percent expected. There was a bit of extra help by a um, a larger two percent fall in gas prices and a, a slightly smaller increase in food prices there. But you know it wasn't just these kind of idiosyncratic stories. There there was kind of you know good or or broadly neutral news across the the components as as far as i can see so you know rents inflation still still elevated but we know that the the lead from more timely data on on new leases is suggesting a, a material slowing in in rents inflation as we move um into into mid next year um, and then, yeah, but it's a bit sort of self-perpetuating as well, isn't it? I mean, rents go up because interest rates go up. That'll be part of it as well, presumably. Uh, yeah, yeah. So there's obviously a lot of a lot of pandemic effects still working through on 
on the services side in, in travel and then in rents as well with the demand for housing. And then, you know, that that certainly seemed to be a, a large contributor to that surge in rents. And, you know, what we're seeing now with the the slowing in um, in inflation in, in new rents and, and that will take time to, to work through into the stock is that even with labour markets remaining tight, we are seeing some of that that heat come out. And so maybe there was a, a temporary component to to some of that extra housing demand that saw that big surge in, in rents in the US and, you know, more confidence now that that will be flowing through. So, I mean, the obvious question is going to be then, uh, what, what does the Fed do uh, on, on top of all of this? Because the markets have gone a bit crazy on all of this. So how is Jerome Powell? Because, of course, he's giving a press conference uh, just uh, about this time, a little earlier than uh, this time to, we'll be talking about it anyway on tomorrow morning's podcast. So what's he going to do? Because, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that they are going to go with 50 basis points, but he's going to want to sound pretty hawkish, won't he, to try and, uh, you know, dampen this enthusiasm that the market's got, you know, this this talk about, well, you know, maybe it's all over now. Yeah, yeah, difficult line for, for Powell to tread because, you know, there is, there is some good news to be found in this report, but then, you know, the big thing for the Fed is even if some of this, you know, that this good side that had driven the increase in inflation does start to, to unwind. Inflation's not going to get, you know, all the way back to target or certainly not sustainably fall back to target as long as the labour market backdrop is is tight enough to generate yeah. that higher wages growth that we're seeing at the moment. And that could, you know, lead just to... Just think of non-farm what, payrolls at the start of the month, you know, I mean, that showed how tight the labour market is. I mean, that's that situation hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so with, you know, you can see in the, the market reaction with kind of, you know, that, that rally in, in US Treasury led by the front end and then expectations for um, Fed Fed hikes um, being being paired peak peak right now at around 484 down from down from 498 ahead of the CPI release and so while this doesn't really change the expectations for 50 basis points from the Fed um, tomorrow morning um, at all that's the the very strong consensus um, 102 of 105 analysts in the in the Bloomberg survey are there and it's been kind of price to perfection by markets for some time now. Um, but it does suggest that maybe there's there's scope for the Fed to to slow and and you know deviate markets you know adding further doubt on that kind of higher for longer messaging that we've heard out of the the Fed recently and so the the communication from Powell how firmly he can he can stick to that and whether um, just how high those dot plots move for the 2023 dot and and how far they fall back in in 2024 mm-hmm. key um, and also alongside that how how united the the F- OMC um, is on on the need to to move higher for longer with some kind of positive signs coming through and concerns from some members about how much the the quantum of tightening put through so far um, will hit the economy as that as that does start to work through and so you know whether the yeah. the large market reaction we've seen here whether we can hold on to that as you say kind of kind of pins on on how Powell um, manages the the messaging tomorrow morning. Well, yeah, a fairly disunited Fed. You know, we were reading about, uh, we were talking about it from the, the Wall Street Journal yesterday, weren't we? So also today, I mean, generally, the, you know, I mean, that was the good news. I mean, there were small bits of good news as well, like the small business optimism that was expected to fall actually rose a little on the uh, NFIB small business optimism index. But the optimism is actually pessimism. It's at minus 94, uh, 43, I should say, the, the balance of those who think conditions will improve over the next uh, six months is minus 43%, which sounds pretty pessimistic, but it was minus 61% in June. So uh, it's heading in the right direction. But let's look at uh, closer to home, the NAB business survey. Um, Still this strange position where there's this gap between business confidence and business conditions in the numbers we saw yesterday. So conditions are strong. They're at plus 20 points. 
but confidence turned negative in November to an index of minus four. So, so what is what is driving this? And is just the first, is this just the first stage? Do we then see that you know this is the precursor to uh, to business confidence uh, to to business conditions turning negative as well? Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's a, a fair summary. So we have what we saw out of the the NAB business survey yesterday, that conditions number, so how biz, how the conditions businesses are facing at the moment uh, are still very, very strong at very, very elevated levels. They did fall two points to, to plus 20, but that's still, you know, at, at very strong levels consistent with um, you know, very good conditions for businesses and seeing that across kind of trading conditions, profitability, employment intentions, all all fairly well supported at the moment. But as you say, there's that disconnect between the still strong economy that we're seeing now, resilient spending by consumers and, and a still, res, still resilient business conditions with those expectations for things to, to slow as we, we move through into 2023. And so I think that's what's really driving that gap between um, between confidence and conditions there in that business survey. Um, and that's something that we've seen in um, consumer confidence for a little while as well, with that being at, at very, very low levels, um, even as um, spending data has held up. So really is that question about, you know, the conditions are good at the moment, but as we move into into 2023, if things do start to slow down, if those price pressures that we're seeing um, do start to ease, and also if, you know, with that, um, with that demand backdrop starting to slow as the impact of higher inflation and rate rises starts to work through, um, can that kind of profitability and ability to pass those cost pressures on be maintained? I think you know all of those factors probably feeding into that um, that lower confidence number, and you know I guess it just you know how how predictive is that of of actual economic conditions as we as we move into twenty twenty three? I guess I guess the key question. Well, is that normally the way it does work? I mean, you know, if we look at the history on this, I mean, can business be wrong? Could we actually go from a, a position where they, where business is lacking confidence or, uh, and, you know, conditions are strong and then the business is actually getting wrong and conditions don't really move, you know, don't actually worsen and, you know, and, and the the confidence continues is it is it a set roadmap in other words or or because we are seeing in other parts of the world maybe things are improving a little faster than we thought they would yeah yeah it's certainly not a not a foregone conclusion and um you know though that that conditions number does say that you know conditions are are strong at the moment and you know we all know the we all know the headwinds um facing the economy and and you know so some slowing is is certainly possible and um yeah that that confidence number does tend to to move around a, a little bit more than um, than conditions. And we did see through kind of the pandemic that it it kind of, you know, jumped fairly quickly into negative territory and kind of as the as kind of waves of COVID came through and then and then conditions actually held up much better than expected and, and bounced back more quickly. So certainly can be some some false signals from confidence over history. Um, some of the other forward looking components mm. of the survey, including forward orders, have um have come back as well. So um that does suggest some some slowing um, ahead. They've softened from plus 14 in September to, to plus five in November. That's still a, a reasonably strong level compared to long run average levels. So not signaling kind of any big slowing, but you know some other forward looking components starting to, to come off their highs as well. Um, even as 
elsewhere in the survey, all of those prices components, the nominal indicators from the survey suggesting still elevated inflation pressures and, and strong labor cross growth as well. So that's, you know, another challenge as we as we move through to right. 2023. But the world is bouncing back bit by bit, isn't it? So the OECD released GDP numbers for the G20 uh, for Q3, saying it grew 1.3% quarter on quarter across the G20 after shrinking 0.3% in the second quarter. But a chunk of that was a 3.9% Q on Q growth for China against a 2.7% drop for China in Q2. Uh, but if we look at uh, across the uh, the G20, uh, in Q3, GDP is higher than it was before the pandemic, 6% higher than the Q4 2019 figure. So it's not all bad news, is it? We're getting there bit by bit. But what's the takeout from the, uh, the UK job numbers? Because we saw 27,000 new jobs in September, uh, That was, but there was a 52,000 uh, drop in August. And look, the unemployment rate has increased increase from 3.6% to 3.7%, which some might say is a sign that perhaps the Bank of England can ease rates. Maybe the uh, the labour market there is easing at long last. But uh, I, I don't think, you know, if you look at the, the fact is wages are still rising. When you look at those numbers and then you look at all the strikes that are going on right now. I mean, those wages aren't, aren't going to sort of like stop growing anytime soon, are they? Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's right. I think the, the short version of that labour market data um, overnight in the in the UK is that the labour market backdrop remains reasonably strong. So yeah, the unemployment rate did tick up to to three point seven percent from three point six as expected, um, and then you know really a lot of focus on that average earnings number um, with you know the the imperative to get inflation down in in the UK as well as in many other parts of the world, and you know average inflation there. I'm sorry, average weekly earnings up 6.1% year on year. Um, again, as expected, so no big surprises out, out of this release, but certainly, you know, from the Bank of England's perspective, what it's saying is a, a still reasonably tight labour market backdrop that's that's generating um, wages growth. And so that's a, a challenge as it, it looks forward. Yeah, well, nurses are asking for a pay increase of 17%, you know, when inflation is at 11.1, or at least it was last time. And uh, later on tonight, uh, we get the UK's latest CPI numbers. So that headline number of 11.1% is expected to fall. Well, you sort of hope so, wouldn't you? And of course, it's the Bank of England uh, as well tomorrow, which we'll talk about tomorrow morning. But before that, yes, it's the FRMC meeting. Uh, We've, uh, yeah, the question is, um, is Jerome Powell going to be the, uh, the the Grinch that ruins Christmas? If everyone's in party mood based on those uh, those CPI numbers, is he going to tone things down a little bit? Is he going to play the Grinch and, 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 and spoil the party? I suspect there'll be a bit of that tomorrow morning, won't there? The, the difficult line to tread is, you know, you want to you want to welcome good news. It does look like, you know, the, the inflation data that we've seen today does suggest that that kind of goods disinflation that we've been hoping for for a long time is coming through in the data. And so how can you celebrate that good news? without without kind of giving a, a green light to those expectations that you know the Fed will will blink fairly quickly and, and start um, cutting rates as soon as kind of this early in the second half of, of next year and so that that's the challenge but yeah as you say likely to stick to that kind of higher for longer messaging the question is how how credible can he be and and will um, will markets take him in as well well the ability to withdraw all emotion from the whole sequence is uh, what makes you a good central banker isn't it so uh, <laughs> he will be performing well tomorrow Uh, Good to talk with Taylor. We'll catch you again soon. Thanks. Thanks very much, Phil. And uh, next time I talk to Taylor, it'll be next year. But tomorrow morning, Gavin Friend will be taking us through the FOMC, the Bank of England, the ECB. It's all going on. Uh, He'll be taking us through that tomorrow morning on The Morning Call. I'm Phil Dobby for now, but I'll see you then as well. Thanks for listening.